0: Jailbreak.
1: Al Khalil is dangerous and that's why we are asking the public not to approach him.
0: The international manhunt for a man who escaped during his murder trial, his alleged accomplices and how he got away just before the verdict.
2: The search for double murder suspect Eric Shostalo.
3: If anyone does see him, we're asking them to call the police immediately not to engage.
2: His alleged connection to a brutal crime in Chilliwack and how this surveillance video might hold a powerful clue.
0: And rocking the boat at BC ferries. Why the CEO was just fired and what it means for passengers. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at six.
2: Good evening, and thanks for joining us. Law enforcement agencies in Canada and around the world are on alert tonight after a BC man on trial for murder escaped from a Port Coquitlam correctional center last night.
0: RCMP say the investigation is moving quickly. They've already located the escape vehicle, but as Catherine Urquhart reports, there are concerns Robbie Alkalil is trying to flee the country.
4: At North Fraser Pre-Trial Center in Port Coquitlam, members of the RCMP investigate how an accused killer escaped. Rabbi Al-Khalil broke out of the maximum security facility Thursday night. Al-Khalil's
1: connections range from across Canada to the United States, Europe and Asia, a Canada-wide arrest warrant and an Interpol red notice are being prepared.
4: Al-Khalil is charged with first-degree murder for the high-profile and very public 2012 shooting death of gangster Sandeep Durr in the Sheraton Wall Centre.
5: After the murder Robbie
6: Al-Khalil fled the country when a number of search warrants were executed by the Vancouver Police Homicide Unit in Quebec. We believe he is working in concert with other suspects.
4: Al-Khalil's criminal trial is now underway in B.C. Supreme Court. Reporter Kim Bolin, who was in court today, tweeted, jurors are being told that Robbie Al-Khalil has absconded but is still presumed innocent. The trial will resume in the absence of Mr. Al-Khalil. Investigators are not confirming how he managed to escape the facility, but there are reports a plasma cutting torch was used to cut a hole in the fence. North Fraser pre-trial has had escapes before. In 2007, surveillance video showed 37-year-old Omid Tavili dressed as a janitor being escorted out by a guard who was promised $50,000 to aid in his escape. Tavili, an organized crime kingpin, has never been caught. The guard never received his money and was sentenced to three years in prison. Now, the latest escape.
5: There will most definitely be a, a full scale uh, review and investigation into what happened and how it happened.
4: 35 year old Al Khalil has short black hair and brown eyes, is 5'10 and 166 pounds. He fled in this white Econo van, which has since been found. Police are hunting for him, and these two men believe to be his accomplices.
1: Police believe we have identified the two suspects based on those identifications. It is more important than ever that we find Al Khalil. It appears that there is a strong connection uh, to internationally to this investigation.
4: If you see any of these men do not approach, they are considered dangerous instead call 911 immediately. Catherine Urquhart, Global News.
2: And another urgent manhunt is underway tonight after a double homicide in Chilliwack on Thursday morning. Ahmad Agahi is live with more on the search for the suspect who is considered armed and dangerous and Amad it appears officers have made some progress in their investigation.
7: Yeah, Sophie, today we have been tracking police activity surrounding this northeast Chilliwack neighborhood where this awful crime has taken place, and it appears the vehicle the suspect had last been seen driving may have been found.
8: As soon as I saw it, I knew it was a Jeep, and I saw that kind of burgundy reddish in it, and then I seen that yellowy front end in there.
7: Just after 5 o'clock Friday morning, people living along Chilliwack Central Road saw a slow-moving flat-deck tow truck escorted by police. On the back of that flat deck, a vehicle matching the description of the one police say Eric Shastalo was last seen driving. See, that's a
8: backwards jeep on there.
7: The 50-year-old is the subject of an urgent police manhunt, wanted in connection to Thursday morning's shooting on McNaught Road in Chilliwack.
9: I heard these loud bangs, and I thought it was my siblings upstairs or something, but then there was a lot of screaming.
7: Homicide investigators say one woman was found dead inside of the home where the shooting took place. Another woman was also found suffering life-threatening injuries and would later die in hospital. A third victim, a man with less severe injuries, was treated on scene. A scene still behind police tape Friday afternoon, while 17 kilometers away, Heavily armed tactical units and a police dog were seen searching a forested area at the entrance to Bridal Falls Provincial Park, with an ambulance standing by.
3: Right now, we're looking at um, the potential that he could be anywhere, obviously. Uh, We are working with our partners throughout the Lower Mainland as well as the interior.
7: Information about the relationship between the suspect and victims now widely circulating on social media has not been confirmed by investigators who will only say for now that everyone involved knew each other.
5: The police are doing a full and thorough uh, investigation. Um, I have heard that it may be a a case of domestic violence. The police will obviously, uh, their investigation will determine that. What we have seen though during the pandemic has been a spike in domestic violence.
7: Now, it's important to note that police are treating this suspect as armed and dangerous. They want the public to do that as well. So if anyone happens to encounter this suspect, they're asked not to approach him. Instead, call 911 immediately.
2: All right. Thanks for that. Imadagahi in Chilliwack for us.
0: RCMP in Surrey are investigating a double stabbing in Wally today and a warning first that the following video does contain some disturbing images. Officers are searching a bloody crime scene at a home in the 130 or 13000 block of 101B Avenue. RCMPs say they were called to the property at about 3 o'clock this morning. A man and woman were found with stab wounds. They were rushed to hospital and are said to be in stable condition now. Investigators are still trying to identify all those involved, including possible suspects and their motive. And they'll be canvassing the area. Also a suspect, arrested in connection with an assault caught on camera of a mother and her young child in Vancouver's Chinatown, appeared in court today. Shaquan David Kelly was arrested after Vancouver police released video of the shocking attack. And as Kristen Robinson reports, Global News has learned that's not the only disturbing assault case he's being investigated for.
9: This shocking surveillance, part of a running list for Shaquan David Kelly, who's accused of attacking five people in three separate incidents in one month. On June 19th, the 27-year-old allegedly assaulted two security guards at Vancouver General Hospital. On July 9th, Kelly is accused of knocking down a mother and toddler in Chinatown. The next day, he was released from custody. On July 19th, while on bail, Kelly is accused of assaulting someone at the Kettle Friendship Society.
10: When a person is uh, a risk to public safety, when we believe a person is a risk to public safety, it's our job to apprehend them uh, and to put them before the courts. Um, Ultimately, when they they enter the court system, um, it's beyond the control of the police.
9: Global News has learned Kelly is also under investigation in connection with an alleged stranger attack caught on surveillance on a Vancouver bus. On June 20th, police say a suspect boarded at Marine Drive in Main Street and aggressively approached a woman, shaking his fist and threatening to punch her. The woman moved to the front of the bus to alert the driver before the suspect punched her in the head and face several times, causing her to fall to the ground.
10: The incident that occurred on the bus is an investigation that's being led by Metro Vancouver Transit Police. That said, we work very closely with partner police agencies um, especially on um, violent crimes, stranger attacks, street crimes. Um, In any uh, case whenever we have a suspect identified in uh, in one case like the Chinatown incident um, we'll look for similar M.O.s, similar descriptions, similar behaviors for unsolved crimes that have occurred um, in the city and we'll work with other agencies to to look for common linkages.
9: After the VPD released this video Wednesday, Kelly was arrested Thursday on Kiefer Street. In court Friday, the Crown applied to revoke his bail. Kelly's appearance was put over to Monday. His lawyer declined an interview, but says her client has mental health difficulties. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
2: Well, temperatures across the province are expected to rise over the next few days, and the province is ready to alert people should the heat become extreme. Officials will send out an alert if a heat warning or heat emergency is issued. Those alerts will come to your cell phones. They'll also be broadcast around or over radio and television. People are being asked to be prepared.
5: If there are two days of temperatures that are above in terms of a maximum, uh, that they that they, that they they have in the protocol and um, a nighttime low that they have in the protocol, then a heat warning will be put out. A heat emergency will be declared after uh, if there is going to be three days of these temperatures. And it's a good reminder that if we are in a heat emergency or heat warning, to check on friends, to check on neighbors, uh, to ensure that they're all right.
2: If you have a senior or someone vulnerable to heat in your life, you are being asked to keep an eye on them. Make sure they're staying hydrated and try to get them outside and into the shade should the indoors become too warm for them.
0: And the hotter, drier weather in the forecast is a concern for firefighters trying to get the wildfire burning northwest of Lytton under control. B.C. Wildfire Service says terrain remains one of the greatest challenges as the Nahoman Creek wildfire grows in size to over 2,200 hectares. The fire activity increasing on the northern portion of the western flank located north of the Stein River. Right now there is a team of 175 with the support of 11 helicopters working to tackle that fire. So far at least six properties have been destroyed and more than 100 people have been forced from their homes.
2: A big shakeup today at BC Ferries. After months of delays, cancellations, and worker shortages, the company has fired its longtime CEO. Kylie Stanton has more on the unexpected move and what's ahead for the Ferry Corporation.
1: It's no secret the past couple of years have been anything but smooth sailing for BC Ferries.
2: That's not very good.
1: Uh, very ch- Especially in the summer.
11: Unfortunately, Vesuvius Bay for a vehicle.
1: Staff shortages forcing cancellations, sometimes leaving passengers stranded and frustrated.
12: We're tired of this crap.
1: As it turns out, they're not alone. The corporation announcing Friday the board has decided to end CEO Mark Collins's contract, effective immediately. The union president saying this marks the beginning of a culture shift
13: long overdue. I think there's a moment right now, and, and hopefully uh, this is the most challenging moment for BC Ferries and British Columbians who travel the ferry system.
1: Collins is being replaced in the interim by Jill Charland, the current vice president and CFO. The search for a replacement is set to get underway shortly. In a statement, Board Chair Joy McVail says, BC Ferries has faced recent staff shortages, service interruptions, and COVID-related challenges. We believe it is time for renewal fresh ideas, and a renewed commitment to the highest standards of customer service, safety, and affordability.
10: I think British Columbians should be very, very concerned.
1: The leader of the official opposition is not so sure this is what's going to right the ship, calling out the NDP.
10: Suddenly, they're all about accountability when it comes to BC Ferries. I can tell you what this really is. It's about control. And they want to control and direct BC ferries in the future. They're trying to send a message. And British Columbians should be very worried about the fact that they're trying to directly interfere with the ferry corporation.
1: The provincial government would not comment on the matter. But politics aside, the focus now is what needs to happen next. As it stands, there's plenty of room to turn the ship around.
13: When you're able to trust and uh, build relationships, that communication flows easier, even if they're difficult discussions.
1: Kylie Stanton,
13: Global News.
2: All right, for more on this story, let's bring in Keith Baldry. Uh, It's a tense relationship between BC Ferries and the Mm -hmm. provincial government, Keith.
14: Yeah, and it's been that way for some time, Sophie. This uh, The problems, you know, again, the sailing cancellations, staff shortages, we've seen in recent weeks, certainly played a role in terminating Mr. Collins. But the problems began a lot longer than that. In fact, at the beginning of the pandemic, back to April of 2020, you may recall uh, that's when BC ferries laid off 1,400 workers, much to the consternation of the provincial government. Most of them rehired, but some of them walked away from those jobs. Uh, also, arbitrary service reductions early in the pandemic. Remember getting rid of the... The departure bay horseshoe bay run without any consultation uh, even that 308 million dollar top up an increase in taxpayer subsidy in 2021 did not improve relations between the bc ferries and the provincial government and there was new legislation tabled in the last session that would have established more government control of bc ferries hasn't been passed into law but it's sitting there uh, again as a threat to bc ferries in terms of removing some of its independence and finally and this was a serious one and i talked to the union president about this today there's been a significant decl- in morale for BC ferry staff. And that runs from the toll booth to the deckhands to people in management right across the board. So today's uh, termination of Mr. Collins comes as no surprise to someone who's been following the deterioration of the relationship between that mm-hmm. corporation and the BC government for more than two years.
2: So Mr. Collins is gone, Keith, but uh, it comes at a cost.
14: Yes, it's called severance. So I was gained access to a document, BC Ferry Services, tabled with the Canadian Administrators' uh, uh, body, which they're required to do by law, and it says in there, in terms of executive compensation, Mr. Collins is entitled to 24 months' service, uh, 24 months' uh, compensation uh, for being terminated without just cause. That works out to more than one million dollars. All right,
2: <laughs> That's a lot of money, right? <laughs> Thanks, Keith. Yep.
14: Thousands of Canadian
2: travelers
0: caught in Nexus Neverland, unable to renew in a timely manner because Nexus enrollment centers in Canada are closed. Now we're learning the biggest issue, triggering a dispute between Canada and the U.S. they can't seem to resolve. That's next. One, two,
13: three, Mr. Let's go!
0: At the BC Summer Games, the all-Indigenous lacrosse team and why they call it the Medicine Game.
2: Also tonight, celebrating Springer, 20 years after an amazing rescue that captivated the country.
0: Right now, though, Canadians trying to breeze through airports and land borders are facing some challenging times this summer. And one Canada-U.S. program designed to speed up service for trusted travelers is still in limbo.
2: Nexus enrollment centers in Canada have not reopened since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, even though American centers opened their doors three months ago. Now we're starting to find out why. Sean O'Shea reports.
8: The sign has read closed for more than two years. Nexus enrollment centers like the one here at Toronto's Pearson International Airport still shut down and not available for all important interviews. Meaning that approved Canadian trusted travelers can't get their credentials to allow them faster access to the U.S. and speedier return from international destinations.
3: I think it's ridiculous, you know, still closed and that delays... Uh, in processing, those applications are getting
8: longer and longer. We've reported on this issue before. Two months ago, travelers we talked to were frustrated at that delay.
3: My nexus expired during the pandemic,
8: and I would like to try to renew it. American processing offices reopened in April. The Canadian government has said it's negotiating with the United States on reopening ones here because American border officers make up part of the office staff. Now the real issues come to light. The Americans are balking at coming back because border agents want to be able to carry their sidearms inside the offices, something they're allowed to do at border crossings and at pre-approval points at Canadian airports. Many of these
3: Nexus offices are off-site. They're not at the airport locations any longer. So clearly the Americans are... You know, the consistency here in the American position is not surprising.
8: Asked about the wrinkle, the Prime Minister in Prince Edward Island said this. It's really important uh, that uh, we are able to uh, stay true to our values as Canadians. But Justin Trudeau wouldn't directly address the sticking point. American officers carrying sidearms in Nexus offices.
15: There are ongoing conversations right now, and we're going to try and uh, make sure they get resolved in a way that is acceptable to both sides.
3: Standing on principle here doesn't accomplish much because at the end of the day, Pre clearance is a privilege. It's not a right. This has been overwhelmingly a positive thing for Canadian travelers and Canadian trade. And so the biggest benefit here flows to Canada.
2: Coming up, a reckoning in Canadian sports. It's not going to go away silently and quietly. A disturbing new allegation of sexual assault rocks Hockey Canada.
0: And one of Donald Trump's closest advisors guilty of contempt of Congress. What's next for Steve Bannon?
4: Good evening. Traffic is busy, but steady in both directions over here tonight at the Alex Fraser Bridge. Most of the leftover volume is still on the Richmond side on the east-west connector between Knight and the S-curve. When reviewing renewing your ICBC Auto Plan insurance online, select your nearest Sussex Insurance. When prompted, for all online broker benefits, peace of mind, and best rates, select Sussex Insurance today. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Alex Fraser Bridge.
0: Closing arguments in the Jake Vertanen sexual assault trial are set to begin on Monday. That follows cross-examination today of the former Vancouver Canuck by Crown Counsel, who alleged multiple times Vertanen never asked for consent from the complainant.
2: But Vertanen remains adamant he did nothing wrong. Aaron MacArthur reports from B.C.'s Supreme Court. And a warning, this story includes content that may not be appropriate for all viewers.
6: For the second day... Former Vancouver Canuck Jake Vertanen was on the stand at his sexual assault trial. Crown counsel challenging his testimony of what he calls consensual sex with the complainant in September of 2017. Vertanen has testified there were no expectations of a hookup the night he picked up the young woman and drove her back to his hotel room. Yet Crown counsel Ellen Yip questioned Vertanen on his version of events. Vertanen agreed it was the first time they'd ever spent time one-on-one, but couldn't offer up an explanation of why they went directly to his hotel room. Ip questioned Vertanen for more than an hour on his intentions the night of the alleged offence. Question, you made an assumption she was there for sex. Vertanen answers, no. Why else would she be there? She was excited to see me. Question in your mind, was it implied there would be sex? Answer, no. Did you confirm what she wanted? Answer, we didn't talk about it. Vertanen has already testified that he believed the sex was consensual and the victim was an enthusiastic participant. Crown repeatedly asking the professional hockey player about his actions in his locked hotel room. Question, you did all this work and charmed the complainant to meet up and we're going to get sex no matter what? Answer, not true. You felt you were owed it? No. You decided you were going to get it even if she said no. She didn't say no. Never. Vertanen's cross-examination then turned to consent during their encounter. Crown asking, you didn't ask any questions because you knew she didn't want to. Vertanen answers, no. She already said no to you multiple times. Answer, no. Did you ever hear her say yes? Vertanen answers, she said yes through her actions. There are no further witnesses to be called in this trial. Closing arguments will begin Monday morning. It is possible the jury will begin its deliberations
0: Monday afternoon. Aaron McArthur, Global News. Gymnastics Canada is the latest sports organization under fire for its handling of reports of abuse from athletes. The federal government has frozen the organization's public funding, and that comes as Hockey Canada learns of a new allegation of a group sexual assault from yet another world junior team. Kyle Benning has the details.
15: Gymnastics Canada is joining Hockey Canada in having its funding frozen by Ottawa. The federal sport minister says she told Jim Cannes' CEO that this would happen if the organization did not join the Sport Integrity Commissioner's office. The minister's office, noting these conversations took place before a group of more than 500 gymnasts, released an open letter Thursday criticizing the sport's body and the minister.
16: She made a comment about having uh, to make room for us. You should be listening to us. Those We are the people that should be sitting at the table with you.
15: Abby Spadafora is one of those gymnasts. Her group, Gymnasts for Change, is calling out a lack of action around alleged sexual assaults, physical assaults, and abuse. The Prime Minister says sports organizations are responsible for ensuring athlete safety. They shouldn't be worried about satisfying the government, they should be worried about satisfying parents across the country. This comes as Hockey Canada deals with a new allegation of a group sexual assault, this one involving the 2003 World Junior Team. The organization says it was first notified of the claims by TSN Thursday. Halifax police are now investigating. And on Friday, London police reopened a criminal investigation into the allegations made against the 2018 World Junior Team. One expert says there is a sports culture shift taking place in Canada.
1: It's not going to go away silently and quietly. Um, It's not going to be distinct to specific sports. It is across the sports system.
15: Groups aimed at tackling violence and abuse say while these are positive steps, organizations need to be proactive.
16: We need to make sure that there are um, structures uh, within these systems, within these organizations, built into these organizations, so that there is accountability.
15: In a statement, Gymnastics Canada says it agrees with gymnasts for change that a safe and welcoming environment for participants is of paramount importance and that athlete welfare is integral to its beliefs. It noted once the agreement between the Sport Dispute Resolution Centre of Canada and national sports organizations is met, Jim Kahn will sign on. Kyle Benning, Global News.
2: A former advisor to President Donald Trump has been found guilty on two charges of contempt of Congress. Steve Bannon was found guilty of defying a subpoena by the committee. The committee investigating the January 6th attack had wanted to speak to Bannon because of his involvement in planning, logistics and fundraising efforts by Trump to overturn the 2020 election. The jury deliberated for about three hours before coming to a decision. Bannon, who is 68 years old, faces up to two years in prison when he's sentenced in October. Meanwhile, the final hearing of the January 6th committee's summer season ended on a cliffhanger, promising more to come. On Thursday, its members argued that Trump chose to allow the violence to continue. Ms. Global's Reggie Cicchini explains that decision would put Trump's own allies in danger.
4: He was looking for a way to remain in office.
12: In that short sentence, the committee summed up its case against the former president as someone hellbent on holding on to a power that had been taken from him.
11: If you continue to contest an election, you're not just contesting an election anymore. You're actually challenging
12: the Constitution itself. It took the committee 150 minutes on Thursday to lay out what took place over 187 minutes on January 6th zeroing in on a wall of resistance when the former president refused to act.
5: This man of unbridled, destructive energy could not be moved, not by his aides, not by his allies. The burst
12: of anger erupted after months of election fraud lies, threatening not only the institution, but those tasked with upholding and protecting it.
2: There were calls to
11: um, say goodbye to family members, so on and so forth. He was getting... For, for whatever the reason was on the ground, the DPP tell thought that this was about to get very ugly.
12: Even with the life of his vice president in jeopardy,
6: I know your pain. Trump I know
12: couldn't condemn the violence. See, I can't see it very well. And when he tried to the next day, he fell short of accepting his loss.
13: I don't want to say the election's over.
11: Like the worst thing we can do is put out something that says the president is above the law and can do this again.
12: It's still unclear how the Department of Justice will handle this evidence. Hundreds have already been charged in the attacks, with pressure mounting to have the investigation hone in on a president who refused to go quietly. So where does this all go? Thursday's hearing while Blockbuster offered little resolution. So more are planned for this fall, with the committee saying that new subpoenas have already been issued. But the clock is ticking. Final reports will have to be drafted before the midterms in November when Democrats risk losing control and the ability to investigate. Reggie Chikini, Global News, Washington. Just ahead,
0: a deadly failure of our healthcare system.
4: Frankly, it could happen in almost any emergency within the province of British Columbia.
0: The horrifying case of an elderly woman who died after two days lying on a stretcher.
2: And you have to see it to believe it. A clandestine art project that's ready to pollinate your senses later.
4: Counterflow is out over here at the Massey Tunnel, and traffic is moving well in both directions. Where it is a little bit congested, though, is at the north end on the Steveston Highway off-ramp. Today's Lotto Max jackpot is an estimated $25 million. Lotto Max, dream to the max. I'm Trish Jubison in Global One at the Massey Tunnel. Vancouver Coastal
2: Health has confirmed to Global News an investigation is underway after an older woman died at Lionsgate Hospital lying on a stretcher in the emergency room. The
0: BC Nurses Union says hospital workers have been fearful this might happen as they deal with staffing shortages.
11: Richard Zussman has more. The dire consequences of a staffing shortage.
4: Uh, there are simply not enough nurses to be monitoring all the patients. Uh, to the level in which they need to be monitored.
11: Last week, a woman dying at Lionsgate Hospital in North Vancouver after lying on a stretcher for at least two days. Vancouver Coastal Health now reviewing the incident.
4: This is a very tragic incident that has happened at Lionsgate Hospital. Uh, but frankly, it could happen in almost any emergency within the province of British Columbia.
11: This just the latest sign of a system on life support. Last weekend, emergency rooms in Clearwater, Port McNeil, Ashcroft, Oliver and Port Hardy all closed due to staffing shortages. In Ashcroft, a woman died of a heart attack while the nearest ambulance was half an hour away.
10: I had a doctor in Williams Lake who's been a family physician for 41 years tell me that this is the worst he's ever seen healthcare in his lifetime.
11: An already existing shortage of workers in the healthcare system has been compounded both by burnout from the pandemic triggering early retirements and current COVID cases. Last week more than 15,000 healthcare workers out of 161,000 cold and sick. Meaning nearly 10% of the province's healthcare workforce missed at least one day of work. The province insisting the system is still safe for patients.
14: I know the pressure is unbelievable but I also want to say that we're going to continue to work to to um, both make improvements and deal with an ongoing pandemic.
11: In Clearwater, where they are short for nurses, the mayor has gone as far as posting pictures of the community in an attempt to attract workers. His motivation friends and family currently working in an overtaxed system. If we continue to pitch ourselves as always in crisis, always in disaster, and unfortunately that's what gets headlines, then who the heck's going to want to come and work here? But there are only so many healthcare workers to go around, making this crisis one that seems far from getting off the news. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria
2: up next the 20th anniversary of an amazing rescue celebrating the success of springer the orca and the humans who nursed her back to health and
0: the queen bee has landed the hard to miss sculpture creating quite a buzz in south vancouver
2: Well, this weekend marks 20 years since an orphaned orca was rescued in Washington State and successfully returned to her home in B.C.
0: You might remember the story of Springer. In 2002, when she was still a calf, she was found starving and sick in Puget Sound, hundreds of kilometers away from her family. Marine scientists in B.C. and Washington State worked together to rescue Springer, rehabilitate her, and then return her to her pod in Johnstone Strait. The orca is still thriving to this day. Springer has since had two calves of her own, Spirit, born in 2013, and Storm, born in 2017. People who worked on the rescue are getting together in Telegraph Cove this weekend to celebrate the achievement.
2: I wonder how Springer is celebrating. Is she going to go to the party too?
0: Going for a swim.
2: <laughs> going for a swim, that's okay. right. <laughs> uh, all right, let's bring in meteorologist Yvonne Schell with a look. At our forecast, as we talked about last night, heating up, and we're definitely starting to feel it, Yvonne.
17: Yeah, today there was a bit of a blip, though. We had a bit more cloud cover. It was cooler for a few areas, but it is going to be hot leading in towards the weekend. And the big weather story that we're following is the heat leading into early next week. I'll have more on the peak of the temperatures and some of the numbers that we're anticipating. But it's still warm out there right now. We're sitting at 21 degrees. We've got a southeasterly wind at 13 kilometers per hour, with the humid X, though, feeling like 25. Areas near Hope at 27 in Port Alberni. Inland for the island at 25 degrees. It was still hot though across the province with Lytton topping out at 30 degrees. Low 30s for much of the interior extending into the southeastern corners with trail topping out at 33. Tofino though a touch cooler with temperatures just getting up to 17. Now the plan overnight tonight we'll see cloud cover. It'll be similar for the morning hours. It'll be a touch cooler. But then as we get in through the day we've got those temperatures with the sunshine 22 away from the water, 26 with the humidex though it'll feel into the low 30s. If you've got plans for the weekend, though. The blip in the forecast will be along the north coast. Rain starts to pick up as early as the evening hours and that'll take us in towards our Sunday morning. It'll be for the north coast and a bit of instability may push in across the central interior. But the big weather story is this ridge that continues to build and that'll bring us the heat. It'll peak, though, Tuesday, Wednesday, likely one of the hottest days and leading in towards our Thursday. So a heads up, be prepared as we get in towards those days next week and towards the end of the month, it'll still be hot and sunny. Peak of the heat on Wednesday, away from the water into the low 30s we're pushing closer to 40 degrees for the southern interior watch those numbers very closely northern half of the province will see that rain picking up towards the evening hours much of the southern half it's the southeastern corners with that instability slight risk of a thunderstorm most areas along the island we'll be seeing breaks through the afternoon it's hot for both days of the weekend and even hotter as we get in towards next week keep note wednesday thursday with the peak of the heat tonight's weather window a gorgeous shot that was taken for powell river guys All right, thank you, Yvonne.
0: Well, it is that time of year when we usually notice an increase in insects, but a giant bug that's landed in South Vancouver is certainly turning some heads.
2: Take a look. It's a cross between a bee and a transformer, and it suddenly appeared on a vacant lot along the Fraser River. It's visible from the Canada line between Marine Drive and Bridgeport stations. The public art piece named Queen BX1000 is the work of an artist that goes by the name of Junko Playtime, who's posted images of it on Instagram. No word on what inspired the sculpture or how long it will be there.
0: The Instagram account is cool because it's got a time lapse of how he put the thing together. Oh, yeah. And the pieces that he used to build it. So it's kind of cool. Junko playtime. I would not
13: want go. that bug to hit my windshield. No. No, that's Trouble. Do some
0: damage yeah as you can see Barry's in for uh, Squire tonight what do you got coming up in sports
13: we're talking a little football uh, even though Nathan Rourke and the Lions offense could only muster 17 points last night they still won thanks
3: to a stout defense the defense won the uh, won us the game uh, I didn't feel like I played be- uh, well enough to, to to win this game
13: now, Rourke <laughs> wasn't horrible by any stretch but the
3: defense really stepped
13: up and picked up their young quarterback to get the victory
2: Also tonight, a Kelowna traveler whose luggage went on a much longer trip than he did later.
0: Barry's here with Sports Little. Oski, wah, wah, at BC (laughs) Place last night.
13: Yeah, the Hamilton fans, uh, they probably thought they were going to win it, but the Mm -hmm. Lions' D had different ideas. Thanks, uh, Chris and Sophie. On a night when uh, Nathan Rourke himself admitted he made too many uh, poor decisions throwing the football, the young Lions quarterback was rescued by his defense. The Lions' D bent. They did not break, snuffing out three late tie-cat drives to earn the Lions a hard-fought 17-12 win and prove there are many different ways to win a football game. The handoff to Jackson going north. The Lions defense didn't rest until they put this one to bed thanks to a flurry of big plays in the fourth quarter. After giving up a combined 74 points in their previous two games, the defense stiffened at the most crucial moments, supplying the Lions with their grittiest win of the season. As you grow as a football team, which I think we're in a growth mode as a football team, you you find ways to win these different styles of games, different types of games but it's definitely more uh, productive to get better while you're winning than while you're losing. the top. For the third straight game, Lions quarterback Nathan Rourke threw a pair of interceptions. One was not his fault, but this one was. After absolutely torching the
3: league in his first three games, the young sensation's performance has admittedly dipped. Uh, I don't feel like I played be- uh, well enough to, to, to win this game, not a, in a professional football game against that team uh, that's been in the Great Cup last two seasons. I don't think I played well enough and I'm just really frustrated right now with myself and my own performance and, and I got to be better in the future. I think we're lucky at this. I feel like I'm very lucky to, uh, to be standing in front of you with the win. It's obvious teams
13: have done their homework trying to make life much tougher for Rourke. Now it's up to him to make the next adjustment and return to the form that lit up the CFL in the first few
3: weeks of the season. The end zone. Touchdown, BC, Javon you know, hopefully this is a learning opportunity. I mean that's that's what we have to do, right? You have to turn the page, you have to learn from these mistakes and, and get ready for Saskatchewan next week. Um, because I don't I don't think that you can get away with of performances like that uh, too often and expect to win football games.
13: Brooke Henderson is right in the mix at the Evian Championship in the French Alps, the fourth major of the LPGA season. Shot a 7-under-64 yesterday and did it again today. A beautiful approach at the 12th. And that would lead to a birdie, tied her for the lead with American Nellie Korda. Brooke has been working hard on her putting, and she has seen the fruits of her labor. Finished her round with three straight birdies. Henderson leads the tournament 14 under. It's a three-shot lead as she goes for her second-ever major on the LPGA Tour. The B.C. Summer Games are underway in Prince George. It is a wonderful setting for young athletes from our province to not only compete, but get a life experience not many get to enjoy. And that includes an all-Indigenous lacrosse team. Jay Janauer has their story.
3: It's Canada's other national sport, and was first played by Indigenous peoples dating back to the 12th century. So it's only fitting a traditional song of prayer and strength was shared with all lacrosse participants, including the game's all-Indigenous team. It's a great honour to be here
5: in the local territories. Lacrosse is definitely something we play for those that can't play anymore. So we honour those that are gone before us or can't physically play anymore, and that's why we play the game.
3: There's two all-Indigenous teams competing in these games, one in lacrosse and one in softball. Under those helmets and uniforms is a deep sense of pride of who these kids are and where they came from. How many different bands are represented on your team?
5: So uh, we were thankful enough to have six nations represented as well as the Métis Nation. So collectively we have seven.
7: It's really fun hanging out with all the boys and stuff. Like just hanging out with the
16: Natives and Aboriginal friends.
10: I really like being on the Indigenous team, like,
9: I'm Métis, so I think it's really big, like, for being Indigenous, um, getting to be out there and getting our name out there, and yeah, I think it's really cool.
10: It's it's pretty special to me, just like, just playing lacrosse, it's just really fun for me, and it
3: just, yeah, it's a medicine game, I don't know, It just it just helps. To the First Nations, lacrosse has always been the medicine game, a gift they believe was given to all people by the Creator. A sports medicine that's also helping with truth and reconciliation.
2: It was a, an idea about 2017 for the Games to try and look at our mandate of diversity and inclusion and how do we do, best do that in a sport environment. So that led us to an Indigenous participation program.
5: We hope that everyone understands that uh, reconciliation takes a lot of work and it takes everyone to
3: do it. In Prince George covering the B.C. Summer Games, Jay Janowar, Global Sports and it has been an historic night for the blue jays at fenway park. Now, I put
13: this highlight in like 2 hours ago cuz it was so bizarre. Bases loaded for Raimel Tapia, the outfielder loses the ball, didn't know where it was, goes over his head and Tapia circles the bases for an inside the park grand slam. Second time that's ever happened in blue jay history. Junior Felix did it at night in 1999 also at Fenway. But since then, that is not a misprint. The Jays have scored 25 runs their record is 24, set back in 1978, so it's only in the fifth inning at last look. 25 to 3, crazy, bizarre events going on. And of course, being baseball, tomorrow they'll probably get shut out. Right. Yeah. Hopefully they'll, they'll win tomorrow, too. <laughs> That's the way it happens. All right, Barry, amazing. Thank you.
2: Up next, a busy man's amazing adventure in Europe and how his luggage went on an entirely different trip.
0: Like a lot of people, Carl Cooper jumped on a flight from Kelowna to Vancouver, the first leg of a dream European vacation. Trouble is, his luggage never went with him.
17: As
2: Jasmine King shows us, he used Apple AirTags to track his bags. And it turns out they went on an even greater adventure than he did.
3: My wife had purchased some uh, Apple AirTags, and I was just checking it because it was kind of fun to watch. And then all of a sudden I was like, hey, wait a minute, my bag's in Victoria.
16: Carl and his wife had planned a European vacation, and when they landed in London, Carl tracked his luggage through an app to see it was still in Canada.
3: The bank started to move. I could see it because you can watch where it is. You can actually pinpoint it. And um, I could actually see that it was getting on an Air Canada flight.
16: The bag was flown to Calgary, and after contacting WestJet support, the suitcase was sent on a journey across Europe trying to catch up with the couple, which included stops in London, Iceland, Germany, and eventually back to England, which was when Carl noticed something on his app.
3: It got really weird. It started traveling around England on a car, in a car or a vehicle. And I'm like, This doesn't make any sense.
16: The suitcase had made its way to a home in Salisbury, England. Thinking his bag might have gotten stolen, Carl decided to contact local authorities. I sent the
3: Salisbury police an email. And then I said, uh, this is the address. I think my bag's there. They sent an officer and knocked on the door. And the person said, "Uh, yeah, a delivery company showed up and dropped off this bag. It's not mine.
16: I have no idea. After the police retrieved the bag, Carl had it shipped to his hotel in London. On the 23rd day of his trip, and after buying a whole new wardrobe, he was finally reunited with his luggage.
3: We got to travel, and the bag got to travel, and there's a bit of an adventure. The disappointing part was we really tried to communicate. Both my kids were on hold for hours. We did connect with somebody. We got an email, and we just couldn't get anybody to respond to the fact that we said, look, we know where the bag is. Can you just help us get it to where we are?
16: In a statement to Global News, WestJet says they are making every effort to connect guests with their missing bags and are working with third-party service providers to alleviate baggage delays. Jasmine King, Global News. Travel is fraught. (laughs) It's kind of,
0: kind of some of the fun has gone out of it. I'm I'm gonna Don't <laughs> check your do not check your bed. No,
17: don't Carry check your bed. That's Carry right. on only. Carry
0: on only. Carry
2: on only. backpack and a small suitcase.
17: And, yeah.
0: That's the best plan. Travel light. All right, um, why would you want to go anywhere with this amazing summer forecast ahead of us?
17: Yeah, it's the heat that's going to be the big weather story. It's summer right across the board. We'll see it hot into the weekend, but pre- be prepared as we get Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's the peak of it, and some of the hottest temperatures away from the water into the low 30s.
0: Fluids, and check on people who don't have AC if you can, too. I'm off for a bit of a summer vacation. I'll miss
2: you guys. We'll miss you, too. Thanks for don't watching. Don't check a bag, Chris. No, on Okay, good
4: night, all. <laughs>